you can be a, an incredible expert at something, but if you can't get the point across to another human being, it's like you're you're basically just robotic. But relating to another person and what they're going through and remembering what it was like for you to have gone through that thing and to share your experience with them and to allow them to get, get over their own obstacles without as much frustration and setback as you've gone through is just tremendously enhancing experience. At least for me, it is. Um, for me, it is the reason why I do that. Welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast of Steve Carroll and JP Camaro, where we speak with people whose lives were transformed by trying something new. Today, we're joined by John Amore and Gallo Naranjo. So you both work out of the same gym in Providence, Rhode Island. How did you wind up here? I could start it when I was four years old and I started doing martial arts, karate, because I liked Ninja Turtles and Batman. And I basically have been trying to be Batman since then. I spent many years doing many different types of martial arts. I really like the intricacy of martial arts and movement in general. And then eventually I switched to strength training to enhance my martial arts. And I've been doing that for the last 15 years or so, really focusing on strength training. Uh, transitioned back into martial arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo. And along the way, taught people how to lift things properly. And that's where I'm at right now i'm kind of like on the opposite end i tr when i was younger i did judo it was a horrible experience as a as a kid sensei actually this always turns head but turns heads but my sensei was he was definitely a bully and he actually got arrested for fighting pit bulls in the dojo jeez oh, yeah and it was like that kind of environment that brought in all those kind of people because of him. So I was always put up against like the higher belts and like just constantly tossed. So it was a bad experience to start. So I kind of quit that. And ever since pretty much just high school and middle school, I played just basketball and baseball. Um, but that was that like, that's pretty much my background is just like playing the sport and not really like being into the fitness, anything like that. But um, I started working. I was I graduated college. I started working in, in New York City. I was doing finance. And then I found CrossFit. So that was my end. I found CrossFit. And within like eight months, I, w I went to a level one seminar. I was like addicted, like fully hooked on on it. And and then I definitely was encouraged by one coach, Mike, Mike Venturello. He, he definitely inspired me to want to be a coach because he was so like on it and just like he changed my life so i was like damn i want to try this so i started doing like the morning coaching shadowing going to work evening coaching shadowing and that's how i went for like pretty much a half a year until i was like all right i need to jump ship on this job wow. which was way too premature but i did it anyway and ever since then i've kind of maneuvered my way into like the things that i'm really into and uh, but it has been CrossFit for me throughout the past couple of years. I've been doing this for six years. Six years. Is that when you jump ship, or is that? No, I jumped ship. I left my job May fifteen, two thousand 
13. Incredibly accurate right there. Yeah, I remember because it was just, it was a couple weeks before Memorial Day weekend. I'm done. I'm going to start doing this thing. And it was way too premature. I, I, looking back on it, I would just not do it exactly like that at all. I would definitely have some sort of strategy, but I was blinded by the fact that I was not wanting to be there pretty much. I wouldn't be here now in this very room if it wasn't for that. So I'm always grateful that I did. Yeah. John Amore, you mentioned that you know, all of your athletic experience and all that stuff leading you to where you are today. But you also had a job experience that you left. I don't know if that was too early or not, but you left at the same time. Out of high school, I had no idea what direction I was going to go in. I very much liked art. I ended up going deeper and deeper into art. So I went to graphic design school, I guess, quote unquote, you could say. Catherine Gibbs. Oh, so good. Year and a half. Got out of there, got a job, Penny's, which is now closed. And I was a graphic designer for Penny's for a year and a half before I decided I could not do this anymore. Is I, it Benny's? Benny's. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Benny's. realize that. Yeah, Benny's. So, Sorry, I, it's what's, kind of a, what's Benny's? So Benny's is, you know, have you heard of Amazon? Yes. Okay. Imagine a store that you can go to that literally has everything you would think that you would need that you might buy on Amazon. Huh. So you're like... I need to go get oil for my car. Where should I go? Benny's. Windshield wipers. Benny's. Halloween candy. Benny's. Christmas gifts. Benny's. Mm. I need a mattress. Benny's. Old bullion. Uh, it, basically anything. We we got uh, my father-in-law for his birthday. We bought him a Benny's mug. And mm. he, he has never been happier about they closed a gift. Yeah. yeah, and they, they shut down. They got put out of After business. John left, they just couldn't yeah. go on anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was such an essential player. Yeah, he was really, their, their whole marketing backbone was just, it was actually just yeah, called pulled, the Amore he, he literally <laughs> ripped it out. I was, he I did. was the keystone. <laughs> As I he really... pulled his own body out, their, their backbone yeah. ripped out with him. Yeah. It was horrifying, actually, was but beautiful terrifying. in a way. So I have a funny story about one of the first days that I worked there, actually. I had to process 500 images first day that i was there so processing an image is basically taking a picture of an object and digitally cutting it out so that you can hand it to the next person so that they can place it on the page properly i was overwhelmed by this i did it i and i was like oh my god thank god i don't have to ever do that again immediately followed up by 400 more images (laughs) and i was like Mm -hmm. there's no way I knew from that point there was no way I was yeah, going to keep this job. So you're like, well, you're working at like a sprocket. But you, 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 like, la- you, you lasted another year and a half. Though. Yeah. There's, so that's achievement. I would, I would process some of my images and I would spend a lot of time finding ways to not sit at my desk because wow. I was so antsy to get up and move around. Yeah. So I would walk around the warehouse and I would look for like things I could do pull ups on. <laughs> or like, like do like pistol squats. And I was really into Pavel at the time. So I was doing like naked warrior style training, which is awesome. You should look it up. I bet that must've been bad. Uh, yeah, yeah I wasn't actually H- HR naked. is going to yeah. crack down on that. <laughs> so when you got fired from Benny, so what did yeah. you do next? Yeah. He ripped their backbone no, I, out like, like Sub-Zero. I, I, uh, no, I put in my two weeks and, and I left properly and I was just like, I don't, I don't think I can do it anymore. I was just yeah. so worn out by it. Did you have a plan B when you left? No, I had a savings and I went to go see a good friend of mine who was studying abroad in London at the time. And I blew all my money Same here. in England. <laughs> you both went to London? No, no, no. I blew through all my money. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you lived in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jersey City, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was not a good idea. 
Yeah. So Gala, you left kind of knowing like, I want to do this fitness CrossFit thing. Mm -hmm. John's at this point in this process where he's like, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm in London. At what point did both of you know that it was the right time to really jump into the next stage? I didn't get started with fitness until a little bit later. I had independent contracted work, um, which I was finding through Craigslist at the time. I was an illustrator, freelance illustrator, graphic designer. One day I found an ad for personal training on Craigslist. And I was like, eh, you know, I've taught people how to do martial arts at a very high level. I'm sure I can teach people how to do push-ups and sit-ups. Let's go. And I got a crap certification really quickly online. And I showed up to the job and I said, hire me. I know how to do this. And I got hired. And that was 13 years ago. Hmm. And then I just took off from there. That was That was pretty much it. What about you, Gal? <laughs> um, so mine was before I jumped ship, there was something kind of built up for me to kind of take on, whether it was personals at the gym that I was at. And I jumped ship and it just happened to be that none of that was in place yet. <laughs> so I was like, shit. Yeah. So that's why I had to like, it, it, there's this thing that happens where like, especially my first exposure to all this. You know how people say, like, you, your back's up against the wall. You're either going to, like, fight back or just, like, par- Like, I got paralyzed. Like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to, like, I didn't have the confidence to be, like, yeah, I'm a great coach or personal trainer and, like, started stepping up and, like, I got all these prospects and all these clients, but it just never happened to be that way. I just kind of sat in it and whatever they gave me, just, that just came my way. It wasn't very much. Um so I learned a lot from that experience because, like, there's this cycle that you go through where you're like, damn, I'm not making a lot of money, but I have some money in savings. And then you kind of just keep going down. You kind of realize and it paralyzes you even more. And then at that point, I was like, I got to do something. Um, so I actually took like a – I pivoted and decided I wanted to, like, move. So I went over to – visit my family in Colorado, in Florida, Tennessee. So I was like, all right, I don't have much left. So let me just kind of like see if I would want to move somewhere else. Cause at that point I was like, I, I got nothing really tying me here. Um, even though I had lived there my whole life. So then I visited those places and I was like, I just don't see what I'm doing here. So I came back and I just, when I came back, I like came back hard. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I guess I needed that step away from all that what's the word not just like stepping away from that gave me the confidence yeah you, you get know? perspective from right. not, not being involved in the thing that you're exactly. doing all the time yeah. and and the biggest thing for me honestly and, and we can talk about this i didn't have the money so i wasn't spending money on food so i wasn't eating so i got skinny and i was still coaching so then my confidence went down because i was also skinny and then i wasn't training and it just like kept adding up and then you kept you keep doing that and people are like, Oh, people notice They're like, yo, you're getting kinda skinny. Like, mm. what's going on? My mom was worried. And you know, when when stuff like that happens, you're like you you deflect and you don't even open up to anyone. You're just like, No, I'm fine, like everything's good. And then that's when I was like, I have to do something. So I did the little move, I kinda bounced around here and there, you know, kinda not knowing what the hell you're doing. And then I was like, I need to go back and kinda just like reassemble or regather myself. So I went back, I moved back in with my parents 
um, that was a tough, tough time. So a lot of that stuff kind of led me back into the gym that I was at. And then I was organically, I found a relationship that got me into another gym. And then I had two gyms. So I was kind of like, now I had not the greatest situation, but I was still piecing together from two different gyms out of CrossFit in Jersey. Um, so that's how, that's how I kind of got out of that little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Like what can shake you out of something? Mm -hmm. How have you structured together the different training that you've done and how have you tried to progress it as you've gone along? When I first started, I was pretty much just purely CrossFit, constantly varied, high intensity functional movements. I wouldn't say I had a program. It was just whatever was happening at the gym, I would just do. And then I found, um, I came across this interview with Ido Portal and he was talking about, you know, the essence of movement and like why we really should be handling our body weight before we handle any external objects. Hmm. Um, so I actually reached out and started, I did a cycle with Ido online. Um, and again, this was happening when all this stuff was happening. So it was just yeah. like, I left my job. I was training with Ido and I was like, dude, I can't handle two and a half hours a day of training with all this stuff happening. So, um, that kind of planted the seed for me because it was a lot of handstand. It was a lot of mobility. Like I'm, I was, even when I started CrossFit, I was following Carl Paoli. I don't know if you know these guys, but like, um, mobility wad, Kelly Starrett, I was following him as well. Cause like I found that while I was training people, like truly people just couldn't get into certain positions. And like, that was what was holding them back. Like they just can't get their arms overhead and then drop down into a squat. So that was kind of, and it took me towards that path of like understanding more like mobility training. What does that mean? How's that different from flexibility? That's how I structured mine, where I would say a lot of people do more like 75% barbell traditional weight stuff and then 25 like accessory work. My, I kind of always tended to go the opposite where it was like 75 accessory work, mobility, all that stuff and like 25% um, like traditional strength and granted, I mean, there's pros and cons to it, but that's kind of like the way I've just gone with it. And I beat myself for not, for not like, Oh, I should squat more. I should deadlift more. And I should be at this much or double body weight. And it's just like, at some point I'm like, I, what, it doesn't matter to me. I, I don't care about that stuff. So I, I go through very, very much. So cyclical phases where I can stick with a program for like nine to 12 weeks. But if I do that, I'm like tapped. So I won't look at another rep set template scheme for like another three or four weeks after that i'm just like having fun doing whatever i can possibly maybe even not training that's how i've worked and in the beginning i beat myself up because i'm like why am i why can't i be consistent why can't i do this but in reality i'm constantly moving around i'm always doing different things i just picked up climbing um which has been huge for me because it's like one thing where it's just like i've loved the idea of not having a structure but there is still like tiers like v1 b1 v1 v2 like just going after it that way and actually seeing how my practice and my mobility practice and everything actually helps me with those movements like getting your leg up actively so you can hook and then doing all this stuff so that's kind of where i'm at right now um before that i was doing uh, a cycle with a couple called mindful mover and i did i did a phase or two with them shout out to philip and martina they're yeah. awesome it was it, it was great but like i mentioned like something about having like a set six to twelve weeks set just like depletes me 
Uh-huh. So I have to kind of like now I'm going on the like this bouldering thing and I bouldered three times a week and now I'm just starting to kick up into handstands and just like from there figuring out, okay, what is my actual goal now? Like, let me figure that out. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not as structured or like I don't have a set routine all the time. So that's, I think a lot of people are going through this, honestly. Yeah, right. What happens is we pigeonhole ourselves into goals in training. And while that can be good for developing a level of proficiency in the one aspect that you're trying to develop, maybe in a certain timeline, it diminishes your ability to adapt to overall movement patterns in the long term. Your ability to move your body overall should be improving over time. Do you... uh take the stuff that i know you primarily train crossfit i mean train people in crossfit like when you're training other people not for yourself um do you take the stuff that's important to you and apply that to crossfit as well or do you primarily just do like let's do crossfit a lot of people have their own definition of what crossfit is so people think crossfit crossfit wasn't didn't invent anything per se they just kind of put together a bunch of things and then let's say let's just move faster with it essentially like high intensity um so when i work with someone initially there's a lot of things that need to work on before we work on like technical movements which is like a lot of times just hip mobility because people sit all day so just getting someone to be able to squat comfortably is like something that i have to hide in the training where it's not as boring as you know, just doing reps and sets of like these little mobility drills. But I do a lot of, I mean, essentially you try to hide what they need in something mm-hmm. that they want. Yeah, I think totally. Is the saying. It's like when so, you take a pill and put in peanut butter for a dog. Or yeah, exactly. So that's a lot of, a lot of that is what I do. And now I, I'm really stepping into the fact that like when people come to me, I'm also saying like, this is what I do. Like, I want you to know I do, I really focus on getting you to move properly before we're throwing weights over our head at, at heavy. Like it's, it's an obvious thing. Right. Like you think like, ah, that makes sense. Like you should be able to get into that position before you throw 300 pounds over your head or whatever it is. But a lot of people don't want to do that stuff. The, the fundamentals or whatever it is, like the basics. CrossFit in general kind of gets a bad reputation for like people do it and then they get hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've appreciated and, you know, I could probably speak for JP about kind of the, the CrossFit gym in our community is that we don't often see a lot of injury or things kind of coming out of that gym that are negative in that way. Like there's, there's a very positive view of that facility and the way that people train there and, and the ownership and, you know, all of it. And I think, you know, having someone like you there with a, a mindful attitude toward, well, I want to help people move better. Mm-hmm. I want to help people understand their bodies and their physiologies and be able to prepare for doing the, the big work. Right. Um, kind of contributes to that culture. Right. Um, could you, could you imagine yourself at a kind of elite strength gym kind of a, with the, the skill set that you have or, you know, does, does your skill set kind of lend itself to something that's more community oriented and, like kind of built for the neighborhood. That's a great question. Um, I have, I have moments where I definitely wished, I don't want to say wish, but I definitely 
have moments where I prefer like, oh man, if I had like this pro athlete who would really, really, really care about like this drill, because it's obviously like you work on this and that's going to help your performance. It's a very tangible, we do this, this is going to help you do this and you will win. Yeah. But then there's other times where I'm like, damn, but at the end of the day, what, like 5% of the population are doing work, like working out or doing fitness and the whole, like, there's so much room for people to like improve in general and build that community. Because at the end of the day, you come to a CrossFit gym, people stick around because they're hanging out with people. Yes, they're seeing results for sure, but yeah. at, people want to <laughs> feel like they're a part of something. That's really, I say I'm in the people industry. It's like, I can get you results for sure, but at the same time, like, I want to connect with you and I want you to connect with the person next to you. So I think there's value in that as well. Uh, most of the time at the CrossFit gym, I'm, I'm one of those coaches where I'm, I like, I'm more like, no, nah, let's, let's slow down a little bit. Let's, <laughs> let's take it a step back rather than be like, go, go, go type of a person. And that's naturally in my personality. But I think, especially when you're working with people who are just, just learning how to squat or learning how to like get their back flat when they pick up a bar off the ground. There's no reason why I should be telling them to add more weight or go faster or go harder or whatever it is for the sake of a time because of a clock running on the wall, you know? So that's my perspective. It's easier said than done sometimes because, you know, CrossFit does lead to a very competitive nature. Like it, it just, it's a sport. That's, it's a, it is, a, it's a sport yeah. of fitness. So it's people want to come in and they get that feeling of like, oh man, some people haven't, competed in like years but they phys mentally they're there they like want to get back into it so a lot of times it's like whoa let's let's take a step back here yeah. what, what are we really doing here you know what i mean so yeah i i definitely orient towards like the community aspect and that's my role right now at cross of providence is to try to bring people together and really you know build a community i know that's that term is like very loosely thrown out but i'm really trying to work on that mm -hmm. um and I take pride in the fact that like we're grouping, like we have a group of good coaches and, you know, we're all doing, we all specialize in our own things, but it's still for the, for adding value to the people coming in through that door. Yeah. You both left your jobs because it just, like you had a calling and you, you either didn't want to do what you were doing. Or you had a calling to do something. I was mostly avoiding responsibility in my life. Uh, John, John was a Gallo had a calling that he shouldn't have gone into yet. John was avoiding responsibility. Yeah. Excellent. These are beautiful. I don't know <laughs> that. Tapestry. I, I, I think I like the Germans have a word for it. It's called Beruf, and mm -hmm. it, it means similar. It's vo it's like a vocational calling, like something mm -hmm. that that you can't help but do mm -hmm. because you're you're just made for it. And mm -hmm. I, like, and I think. I don't, I don't want to speak for either of you, but I have known you long enough, John, to mm. say like through enough of your story, that's apparent. So I, I think like in light of that as calling, like that, that may make a little bit more sense of like, you're doing what you were made to do. It certainly feels more comfortable than sitting in a nine to five job yeah. for me, <laughs> you know? Mm. And also, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I guess I just it's hard for me to have perspective on myself because like I'm not, I don't view myself the way that other people view me. So I'm just trying to put out good energy and make a difference in a small way in a small state, uh, raising uh, the bar a little bit as to what it means to do fitness things. Certainly. We're not supposed to do puns on this show. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. Uh, JP. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, I, I think that's interesting that you mentioned uh, raising the bar. Oh my gosh, that's the ti- that's title. We yeah. got a title, John and Gallo. <laughs> John and Gallo are raising the bars <laughs> um, because you know you have to. Uh, you guys obviously love doing this for yourself, but you also have to work with people. And and is it do the people compel you to move forward as well, or is that just a part of the mix? I mean. I don't know. I, I can only imagine that Gallo feels this way too, but I mean, I'm, I do it because I like training people. Like I like seeing people get stronger. It, it's, it, I, I try to use it as a way to empower people. That's really what it comes down to is like, I'm, I'm trying to let people understand that they are way stronger than they think they are. And obviously you put the time and the reps in and the effort and the focus and all, you know, and money and, you know, it's, it's expensive to live a fitness lifestyle, certainly six meals a day and eating a ton of food. And it's a ridiculous. It all has to be healthy. Right. Yeah. Right. It can't be like <laughs> peanut butter cookies and things, but, uh, it, it's, you look better, you feel better, you perform better. And it just adds to your life in every way. When you just do it, you just put the time in and you're like, wow, like I'm on fire. Like every aspect of your life, if you just dial it in a little bit, just can enhance so much. I agree. I agree. The hard part is getting a lot of people through that little dip, right? Where they like start and they feel good. And then like the investment of time and, oh, wow, I have to actually like do this consistently and like reality sets in. And once you get past that dip, it's really fun to see people like progress and, um, I mean, it's cool. I mean, at all ages, you see people have like, just like a five-year-old have that moment where they're like, yeah, that's that's awesome, you know? And you see that in them, you know? It's really cool to watch, like a lot of aha moments. It's always fun because I do gymnastics and mobility classes now where we can just like really slow down. Like, oh, we're going to work on the muscle up and we're actually going to like focus on the pieces of the movement. Forget about time. Forget about any of this stuff. We're just going to like break this down. And then I try to learn about learning so that I can teach people like these are this was this is what goes into this. And you can use this for this and you can use this for that. It's like that meta learning concept. It's like you can really take pieces of this and put it into almost everything within the gym and without uh, without the gym, you know. So that's really what fires me up. What John kind of led you to that path of the guide archetype. So it's always about the person that's experiencing their fitness journey. It doesn't matter where they're starting and where they're trying to finish. It's, it's not about me. It's about the person experiencing it. And so in order for me to do my job well, I need to know what's relevant. What is the person trying to get to? What's their ideal? What are they experiencing currently? And so I can present some really good information and pump my chest about how good of a coach I am. Uh, I got all these theories figured out and stuff, but you know, it's, it's you're as a person that's doing a routine, you're only going to hit it hard enough for it to make a difference when you know why you're doing it and you know what you're doing. Those are two key aspects of flowing with the routine. If you don't know why you're doing it, you don't know what you're there for. You're never going to push the pedal hard enough to make it move. So I try to turn it around a little bit. Like, like it, this is your experience. Get into it. What does your body feel like? I have, I have a limited background in 
studying existentialism. So I'm really curious as to how other people experience themselves and how they're moving, what they're doing, like, and waking up that, like, uh, how you're standing, how you're breathing, how are you pushing? Do you feel these muscles? What does your digestion feel like? Do you actually feel good after you eat bad food? You know, <laughs> do you feel good? When do you feel good? When do you feel your best? You know, what's your brain like? Or donuts in. And, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel your best when you, <laughs> when you don't get a night of sleep and you try to like max out the day after? Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, I just, eventually I was, I just had the realization that it's not, it's not, it's not my brand. It's what people want that to be. So I have my own things that I want to share. Uh, that I've learned about, obviously don't know everything about fitness and training. <laughs> it's mm. going to take a lifetime for me to know as much as what we know currently about the stuff, but at least I can make a change happen with mm. someone. And that's all that I'm seeking is just like, how can we make something move forward? What kind of difference can we make over time? And so my brand started to wrap around that concept. It's like, what can I show you results with? And it's not results. Like I'm not trying to show you like world-class results. I'm just trying to show you that you have influence over the changes that you choose to make. Right. You know, again, it leads back to the empowerment route. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I would say the one thing that I really do struggle with personally is that results, especially in the fitness world has become the before and after. And mm -hmm. you don't see the, transformations happening within people who are coming into the same place day in and day out necessarily through a photo or whatever it is that you're using as a, as a marker, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, I get a lot of feedback based off of like, like you like, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? Did you mm -hmm. sleep last night? Like all these mm -hmm. little things that you'd be surprised people don't reflect on. From right. the night before, or even the week before, or, right. or they just went through this trauma and they're just coming right back to these things. And it's, it's, it's like you mentioned, John, it's like, we're trying to create a change and I've seen people create change for the better and I've seen people create change for the worse. And it's like, it definitely is a spectrum. So you got to figure out where the stress has to go. Like, am I, am I pushing you this way or am I pushing you back that way? And that's. A lot of times, especially when people are new and they're coming to me, it's like, we have to push it back here because this is what you're capable of right now. Maybe I can edge you a little bit over, but like, we have to keep you here for now. Yeah. You know, you can, you can, that doesn't mean you can't go high intensity. That doesn't mean any of that stuff. But like, if you want to change, you can't go balls to the wall right from the start because right. I've seen that happen way too many times and I've been as a coach, man, especially in CrossFit, like you, you keep your mouth shut for a lot of things and you realize like that long term is worse. Mm -hmm. So now when someone like moves like shit, I'm like, yo, you have to get your shit together. Like <laughs> I get that you played baseball 20 years ago, but that's not, that's not <laughs> good anymore. Like that, yeah, that, that has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. You've been sitting at a desk for so long. Let's like, let's reel it in a little bit. And that's why I mentioned as that's the kind of the thing that I struggle with. It's like, and, and as a coach, I feel good as being like, no, no, I know I've seen this before more, more specifically. Like I've seen this before, you know, not to ever put someone in a bucket, but it's like, I've seen this before mm. your shoulders, this your and, and it comes back to just people needing to go through the process of learning and taking a step back, you know? So for some people, you kind of have to like, 
get them to understand the foundation that you're teaching them? Because I mean, like, yeah, you're like saying, like, I just want to be super strong. Or I want to be able to do this thing. Right. And you're like, well, you'll be way stronger and you'll feel better if you do this thing I'm talking about. How do you right. convince someone that that matters? So I, I always come back to like, first, we have to like speak the same language. I always talk about terminology and like, this is what I, the words that I use and being able to get into certain positions and what does that feel like? And you know, everything like that. And then it, it is a tricky thing, man. Cause people like, like I mentioned before, they are, they are complex. So they have this thing that they want and they have this, also this kind of conceptual idea of how they think they should get there because of these little five bullet points on, on a men's health magazine, you know? Well, that's, that's part of the transformation too, right? Like it's, I think in terms of having spent the last, I don't know, however long it's been kind of pursuing some of the gym routine, a lot of the transformation that I've experienced with it hasn't been physical. Mm. Like it's been about how I approach challenges or when I decide to push harder or like the mental game of it is different for me now than it was. I used to practice Aikido. And so Aikido is a very different, you know, with Zen paired with Zen Buddhism is a very different mental discipline and physical discipline than lifting. Right. That whole transformation for me has been, I think like, I don't know, part physical and part kind of spiritual or mental or whatever you call it. But can you share with us a story of a client that you've had that has had a transformation that's been surprising for both of you? I mean, one of the best transformations uh, stories that I had was Sarah's. She had no idea how much influence she could have over her health, I think. should let her tell the story at some point. But um, we we went really deep into the nutrition side of things. And she didn't follow it 100% the way that I wanted her to, but it was enough for her to change her body completely and her her mental attitude about training completely um so she dropped 30 pounds and over 10 percent body fats and was getting stronger at the same time and her body previously was torn up from gymnastics and then she just got out of college and everyone knows that at college you don't get to put health as a priority because you're slammed with work so you end up staying up late and eating bad food and smoking cigarettes and partying and things. So coming back from that, she had a complete flip, um, into like a thousand percent health, uh, compared to where she was previously. Honestly, the one that jumps out at me, I had this, and this wasn't like a huge major physical transformation, but I had, I was working in Jersey and I was working in one-on-one and this was like the typical, like, he just wants to come in and he's, he's of higher status at his nine to five. So he kind of like looked down on me, kind of feel like, you know, he just, I just come in to sweat and no matter what I threw at this guy, he was always like, no deflecting, like, no, that's not really what I want to do. Like, I want to do this and I want to do this. And that's, there was this one point where not that I gave him homework, but we constantly just work on like a bunch of different things, work on drills and stuff like that. And I use the word drills, but like they're just movements. We're just working certain movements. And and he was a type of person who I was like, I think I'm just wasting my time with this guy. And I was having a rough day and like 
I had him as a personal, well, I had a personal with him and he comes up to me and he's like, you know what I did with my daughter this day? I did like this squat thing that we did. I did it with my daughter the other day for like five minutes and I was able to stay down there. And I was like, oh shit, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, just like just him coming up to me and be like, yeah, I stayed down there with my daughter for like four minutes straight while we were, you know, playing and stuff. And I was like, that's the type of change that I'm like, that little shift that like the two millimeters, who knows? I mean, at, at that point, I didn't care what we did during that moment, but it's like that little shift that you see, like, that's the the quality of life that we talk about. Like, oh, you want quality of life? Like, that's what it is right there, that moment that you had. And that's the one that stands out to me out of all the ones that I've kind of had in my life. But I was like, that's the one. Like, so, especially it was such a lesson because you can't, you can't, exp- like, at this point, I was kind of giving up on him. You know, you're at a point in your career where you're like, you need money. You kind of just go with the flow of whoever's been thrown at you. And then he turned around and he was like, yeah, I did that with my daughter. And I was like, sick. Yeah, quality of life improvement. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that, it's tacky as it sounds, like, that's exactly why I do it for. Like, that moment right there, you know? So... Did it? Uh, did his attitude change at all past that point when he kind of was like, oh, wow, this is actually really making a difference the fact that he felt free to share that with me was also a big part of like it's not just like the physical stuff it's like where the relationship opens up a little bit more and then from there now there's a little bit more trust and now i can be like all right let me let me plant this seed here and then now he's like and you you have to be patient with some people you know and that's you play that game with a lot um with a lot of people that come through the door especially if they they have no experience at all you know and that's part of that's part of the change that I seek to make is like little things like that. And maybe, maybe you don't drop those 10 pounds that you want to get in three days, you know, but maybe you do get this other thing out of it. You know, I mean, there's definitely an angle of like therapy and psychology to working with people that you must always have. I only work with robots, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just like do this program, leave. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, that's the, the one thing that, even at the end of this recent seminar that I went to, someone asked, like, yeah, that's, like, that's awesome and everything, but, like, how do I get someone to do these drills, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the, pretty much what we get all the time is, to, like, just figure it out. Like, humans are complex. Figure it out. And there is a whole there's thesis written on, on thesis written on, on these things, like compliance and how do you, how do you shift people's mentality mm-hmm. and psychology and all this stuff. So I I guess I get fired up about that kind of stuff is figuring out those little shifts that happen mentally so that people open up to a whole new world of possibilities if you want to look at it that way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it is it is tough, but you got to like sometimes you play the long game, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know if that answered your question. No, it definitely did. Yeah. I mean, it was the the compliance thing is interesting. That's something uh I've read stuff about as well, which is like I don't know, convincing people right that what you're telling them is is what's actually in their interest. Right. Was there any advice that you'd give to let's say your younger self who's just getting into it and is fresh? The things that inspired me to do it in the first place were correct. And that I need to stick to my guns and take it slow. Don't get caught up in anybody else's physical development and get a teacher that is 10 times beyond where I was at at the time. 
and to continue teaching and learning. But having a physical teacher, having a teacher there that can make calls for you on the spot can change the direction of your development tremendously in a moment. That That's probably it. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone much further away from what I did. Um, I just personally wish that I had had other people around that were much further along the path. I mean, I guess there's two ways to answer it. It's like post, like right after college and then right after like leaving my job, I guess I mean, there's no way to tell someone to be more confident, but like, just trust your instinct. I don't know if that's very, but just trust that instinct that's, that's like sitting in you. Like I got this job right out of college and I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know about this job. It's just easy. It's out of my pocket. Like I, I got an offer and you just sit on it and you're like, all right, I'll graduate. Cool. But like the, my instinct was telling me, no, like that's not it. But you just shut it up for a very long time. Luckily I didn't do it for so long, but like I still go through those things now where it's just like, follow that voice or whatever it is you're hearing and just kind of go with it. I think, because I think everything else was kind of like a tactic that I, I can tell you, don't do this, do that. But it's more like, just go with it, go with that feeling, whatever it is you want to call it, the voice, the feeling, the chi, I don't know, whatever word spider you want to sense. Yeah, the spider sense. Yeah, just go with it. And I'd say that to myself because I had this feeling that I was also, I knew what I didn't want, which was important. So if you if, if you know what you don't want, then you're like a, like steps ahead of most people, you know? So the fact that you know what you don't want, your instinct is taking you away from that. So go with that rather than like sticking to the thing that you think you have to stay in or you if you don't do it, you're going to lose money. Or you're going to die or whatever possible crazy story you make up. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Defining exactly what you don't want and something along the lines of what you do want right. at least gets you started. Like yeah. that's a better direction than, well, I don't know. I'll just pick, pick this thing. And it's just like out of a hat. Right. You know? And that's the, the crazy thing is I've, I've been reading tons of Seth Godin. I don't know if you guys know Seth Godin, mm -hmm. but like mm. the one thing I take away from him is just like, it doesn't matter what you do. Just commit to the thing and whatever you commit to, like you'll make purpose or passion out of that thing. And it's so hard to understand that when you're like a 20 something, like trying to make something in this world and you want to make a change. But it's like you make it the change in the thing that's right in front of you, your family, your job. If if it's like horrible, then figure out how to make it better, you know. So that's kind of, I've, I've been obsessing with you, Seth Godin fan. Dude. Yeah, I subscribe to his blog. And yeah, stuff it's, like that. yeah, it's changed my perspective. How is the work of transforming other people, being involved in their transformations, transforming you, helping people transform themselves, um, and being a guide to people along the way balances my life out. It allows me to see the value that I can bring to somebody else. And, uh, it allows me to spread, um, good ideas to people and, um, certainly enhances my, my brain tremendously. It's problem solving 
hundreds of issues a day. Keeps me alive. Everyone can teach someone else to do something. And you can be a, an incredible expert at something, but if you can't get the point across to another human being, it's like you're you're basically just robotic. But relating to another person and what they're going through and remembering what it was like for you to have gone through that thing and to share your experience with them and to allow them to get, get over their own obstacles without as much frustration and setback as you've gone through is just tremendously enhancing experience. At least for me, it is. Um, for me, it is the reason why I do that. I was just going to use the word empathy. The more people I work with, the more experiences I can pull from, and that allows me to help somebody else out. But then when I'm going through my own shit, I just pull from that same pool of things and experiences to like help me out. You know what I mean? So I would definitely say empathy, then I can take it home and like apply that with my wife. And it's just like, you know, things that like you can take outside. And I think that's the biggest thing is empathizing and hearing people's story. Like complete changes you, man. You, there's, I can't tell you the amount of times I've projected my idea of what I think this person is in front of me. And then you work with them three times and they tell you a story about the, their life as a kid, whatever it is. And you're like, oh, shit. Mm. man and that that what that's what's inspiring for me is like hearing that story and be like whoa what you're here right now because of that that's nuts you know so that's hearing stories and empathizing and just hearing more about the experiences of other people is really what gets me inspired to continue helping transformations in other people which i guess is like a self like a Virtuous cycle. Yeah, exactly. It goes to you and then it comes right back to me and it just kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Infinity loop. Yeah. What is it that both of you do for a living? Uh, I teach people how to pick things up properly. And the job title is? I just teach people how to move better. That's all. Right, you go. Just like teaching like that shift. Like that's what I, that's what I live for. Like I want to, I want that shift to happen. Whatever that means for you, physically, mentally, spirit, whatever, emotionally, I think that's, I think that's what it is. Teacher. Teacher. Thanks so much for listening to You Can Do It, Do It This Week with John and Gallo. If you want to learn more about them, you can visit youcandoitdoit.com for the show notes for this episode. Links to their Instagram and social media are on there, as well as any of their coaches and inspiration that they're referenced here on the show. Additionally, thank you so much to Night Swim for the use of their song Fiji for our podcast. We're so grateful for it, and we absolutely love it. Uh, last but not least, thanks to you again for listening. If you could drop us a review on iTunes and let other people know about the show, we'd be super thankful for that. So thank you. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon.